Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everybody. This is Tiffany Carlson, and you are listening to the latest episode of No Free Rides, a disability podcast sponsored by EasyStand.com. Some of the best standing frames in the world. I'm a little biased, but check them out. EasyStand.com. So, hey, everybody. Today is July 7th. 2014 and thank you so so much for tuning in and hearing our latest podcast uh, for both beautyability.com and easy stand uh, we have a super very cool guest today her name is Chanda Hinton and she is the founder of the Chanda plan an amazing organization out in Denver helping people with disabilities across the country get access free access to alternative health therapies like massage, acupuncture, yoga, and other things. And they are changing the lives of thousands of people. And Chanda is an amazing soul and person. And I have been a fan of hers for years. So I am over the moon. So excited that she is going to be on our podcast. So stay tuned for a couple of minutes and she will be on. Um, but first, everybody, I um, have a cosplay, uh, wheelchair cosplaying. I went out last weekend to a Comic-Con here in Minnesota, and I dressed up as Oracle from Batman. Now, if you are a, a person with a disability, you should know who Oracle is. She is, well, she was Batgirl, also known as Barbara Gordon. And in 1989, the Batman comic writers decided to have the Joker shoot shoot and paralyze Barbara Gordon. Uh, so she became paraplegic. And so she could no longer really do the Batgirl activities, right? So she decided to change her name to Oracle and become a computer hacker extraordinaire, computer genius, really. And she lives in a clock tower with her computer and three really badass chicks, which she calls the birds of prey, her birds of prey, that she sends out on crime-fighting missions. All the while, Oracle hangs out on her computer with her red hair and black glasses and sexy tight tops and computer technology all over the place. So I uh, was Oracle at the sci-fi convention, so I had my old laptop on my lap and my headset on, and I bought a very expensive wig, probably too expensive, and it was a blast. The funny thing is, when you cosplay as a wheelchair user, People are still nervous to take your picture or to approach you. I noticed that several times, so it kind of makes me sad. Um, but I still had a blast. Um, and if you are interested in cosplaying and you use a wheelchair, I am the person to ask. So if you have any questions about costumes and how to act and what you should know, definitely ask me. I love doing it. I think it's a great way to escape from reality. Uh, and hey, we can't always wait for Halloween. So. I had a blast. Oh, and I also dressed up as Lady Chewbacca and a Star Trek officer from Star Trek, Janice Rand. An amazing show, Star Trek. Uh, I'm a total nerd, right? So yeah, very fun. So I want to say though, it's summer. I know wherever you're at, maybe it's like, maybe it's winter, maybe you're in Australia, but I hope that you're doing well and that you're healthy and that you're happy. And our guest today is going to help you get into a better place if you feel like you could be could be healthier. Because, well, Chanda, she knows a thing or two about living healthy. And so, very excited. So stay tuned. We're going to bring her on in a couple of seconds.
Hello, everybody. As I mentioned earlier, we have a guest I'm very excited to speak with. Her name is Chanda Hinton, and she's married. She's got a new last name. Uh, I forget how to pronounce it, but when she joins us, she can uh, give us her last name. But she's an amazing woman, and um, she's been disabled for a bit longer than I have been. Uh, and, but she's doing this amazing health kind of revolution down there in Colorado. And I think if you're disabled and you haven't heard about her yet, this is a, an awesome opportunity to kind of blow your mind open. So without further ado, hello, Chanda, and welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi, Hello. Wow, this is so awesome to actually talk with you. I have been on your website, and I've actually written a bio about you before, so it's really great to, to hear you and, and be talking with you. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you, and thank you so much for um, asking me to uh, be a part of your podcast. Oh yeah, you know, we always try to have interesting people with disabilities, sometimes spinal cord injuries, so this is very, very exciting. Um, so for everyone out there listening, um, Chanda was had a spinal cord injury, but I haven't actually told the audience how you were injured, so I kind of was going to let you explain that to everybody. So if you don't mind uh, sharing your injury story with us. Yeah, absolutely. So I am 32 now, but when I was nine years old, I was um, accidentally shot in the back of the neck. Mm -hmm. So um, I technically have a spinal cord injury uh, quad, and my level is between C5 and C6. Wow. So my emotion and um, sensation and um, it's really from the armpits up, but obviously as I might go on more, there's there's a lot below that, that level of injury that um, we all with disabilities need to explore. And, yeah. Um, I'm excited to talk more about that. I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's my injury. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. You were injured so young, and I know I was reading some stuff about you online, and you were saying that, you know, in many ways, you feel like it kind of was nice or better or easier, I guess is the right word, to adjust to living with a, a disability because you were younger. And can, is, do you believe that? Is that true? Yeah, I mean, I believe that for myself, and I, I always believe in, you know, to each of their own, and we all have different experiences based off of our our social and support networks that we have, but mm -hmm. for me, I felt that, that I had, it was much easier as a child because I didn't have a lot of external um, commitments that I really had to worry about other than just worrying about my particular injury right. and recovery, and so, mm -hmm. you know, I, I wasn't married, I didn't have children, I didn't yeah. have a job, it was, it was kind of like a, a much lighter uh, situation given I didn't have to really also think about those things and how do I give to those things while also kind of coming to terms with my spinal cord injury and, and looking and defining my rehabilitation while also trying to do all of that. Yeah. How is it like it's a... a so, it's a very de a, a, a debated conversation mm -hmm. because I run into folks that have been injured as an adult and they, you know, they feel very opposite. They feel that as an adult, it's been much easier for them versus as a child. So yeah, I know. It's in the, it's in the eye of the beholder, right? Uh, it, it totally is. But I, I'm, I'm very curious to, to learn what was going on in the mind of the nine-year-old Chanda when the, all of this happened. I think that as children, I think that you, you're, you're a sponge, obviously. You're a sponge of how those that react around you and you kind of absorb 
the reaction from others. And yeah. so my response to paralysis as a nine-year-old was very, um, was very delightful, was very, um, no, not delightful in the sense that, oh my goodness, I'm so delighted that I have a spinal cord injury, but mm-hmm. I really took it um, as like, you know, here this is and this is what I got to deal with. Okay. But again, my my mother was a huge, huge uh uh, instrument in this entire process in the sense of always telling me that it happened for a purpose. And I know that a lot of us can live in that space. It really worked for me as a child and, and just reminding me that I had some really big things prepared in the future for me. And right now we might not know what this means, but mm-hmm. much later in life we will. And I feel that what I do today in my life is really, um, is a testimonial to, you know, that, kind of mantra that she gave to me as as a child that was, you know, next to my bed through my mm-hmm. entire paralysis until I graduated from, from high school. Were you, did you have a good, like, a group of friends and stuff as you went through elementary school and high school? I, I did, and I, I find myself to be very lucky because I, I read and I research and I just look at all of the, the bullying that exists in our societies and our communities now and it's just so heartbreaking to see that Mm -hmm. you know despite disability or not there's so much of that and I was really fortunate to have none of that um within my experience other than the general like bullying that we have that comes with or without the disability and so I had a really amazing group of friends and and they knew me for Chanda they never knew me as oh the, the girl in the wheelchair it was always Chanda and the wheelchair kind of dissolved over time, and um, and that was really beautiful, and I love that experience. And obviously, getting into adulthood, that was that shifted for me, and I had to realize that not everybody knew me as Chanda. That they yeah. did yeah. Um, in the beginning look at me as like the woman in the wheelchair until I created yeah. my own my own kind of space within my community, where again people then started to see me as Chanda. But that just that takes time within community, and it takes patience, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, flexibility too. <laughs> Were you bo- and, yeah, yeah. I remember there was one particular story, and I think others might um, be able to. It, it, one of the mantras of the things that my mom always said to me when when I was um, even injured, and to this day, yeah, um, you know, she would always say, if people were staring at you, um, you mm-hmm. have to pretend like you're a rock star. Like they're staring at you because you're such a rock star, and <laughs> autograph, and they're scared. They're scared to ask you, and so I really got through a lot of like uncomfortable situations by really um, taking on that role. And I was like, I'm the total rock star, and they're like, You're nasty. <laughs> so so, so it's, it's you know, and as a child, you have to be creative with those kinds of things because you can get down, you gotta twist it, or you can you can not twist it, and um, those all lead into being you know a healthy, happy life or a really sad and um, you know not. So healthy life. And you went to school in Colorado, right? Yeah, right out of high school, I, I um, moved to Colorado and mm-hmm. got my undergrad at the University of Denver. Oh, yeah. So how come you chose uh, Denver as your school or your location of choice for college? Um, for me, it was number one. I really wanted to get out of Nebraska. I felt that there was a lot more in the world than what the rural community could provide me in relationship to my chronic cord injury. And so when it comes to accessibility, to access to, um, you know, better uh, health um, choices, it was just really important for me to gravitate towards that versus Mm -hmm. staying in a space where none of that was available or or wasn't even 
accessible. And so mm-hmm. me going to a grocery store, I can do independently yeah. in rural Nebraska. That would have been pretty difficult. And, mm-hmm. and my story was out in, in Colorado, so okay. that also made it oh, yeah. in terms of having a social network That's, of yeah. support so that if something came up, I still had a family member nearby. Oh, yeah. That's huge. Support me if something came up. Yeah. Was your mom a bit sad to see you move away? Yeah, I think she, she obviously was with that with, with all of us kids. Um, I think that her and I, you know, we had a very, very strong bond mm-hmm. by, I mean, not by choice given the, the situation, but it, it, it meant a lot to both of us. But I think it, it was a little bit harder, harder for her to see me go just because yeah. she was so concerned about was the person that was going to take care of me mm-hmm. once I was no longer with her going to do just as good as her because, you know, she was feared out of her mind when I was first injured about pressure sores and I had been in the hospital lot for urinary tract infections. Yeah. It's scary to say that she had the ability to support those things, but then when you go away, you know, was I going to take self-responsibility, but was anybody around me going to be able to really support me the way that she did and so it was really scary for her oh, that's, I can't imagine being the mom I mean I it must be very difficult having to see your daughter I mean I think of try to put myself in my mom's shoes too and I, I can't imagine how hard it's been for our moms but um does your mom come visit you often at least or well, yeah I see her all the time that's... we 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 do um it's great to have our space and and we see each other a lot because mm-hmm. I hear her. I'm seeing you a lot. I go to see her as often as I can. She's mm-hmm. actually a huge donor of, of, the, of the Chain of Friends Foundation. Fabulous. Put um, on a golf tournament for the organization. So it's just that's we great. make sure that we see each other uh, probably every other month if possible. And then we're probably on the phone every week, which I love is how healthy that is. And it, it feels really good. And, um, and yeah, oh. I, just, I, I, I love her dearly. And I think that she's... Uh, picked up a lot of my energy and she's now, um, you know, not having to, I'm married and so she feels very safe with my husband because my husband is very, is very amazing as well. And so I think that she's now living a life that she really didn't get to live because I, I'm sure you've, you've talked about mm-hmm. um, caregivers in the world. I think just there isn't enough resources and support for the caregivers in the world. No, and there's so not. I see my mother now and she's just like, on a golf league and, you know, on the board of directors for Habitat for Humanity. And wow, just, good for her. Yeah, doing all these amazing things that she never had time to do when I was there. And so it's really awesome to actually see her so live, it, live her life. So the presence of a man in your life is really what's basically calmed her fears. <laughs> I know, right? Is that is that truly it, honestly? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think that's really it. Okay. Because that gives me no hope whatsoever. I'm 35 and single, so. No, 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 no. She, she, she does, it make, does it make her comfortable? Absolutely. But yeah. that's not, yeah. not at all the basis of her mm-hmm. um, feeling comfortable because, you know, she knows that I'm, I take self-responsibility in my wellness and my health care and mm-hmm. all the things that I do with my body. So if I were single or married, yeah, still have the comfort based on who I am in the world and who I choose to be, but, um, you know, every mother's, <laughs> yeah. every mother's dream. I know it is. Oh, your husband's very, very cute, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, so, But let's talk about, you know, you moved to Denver, and then, unfortunately, your health did go not very well for a while, which made you finally, you know, found this amazing foundation. So 
why don't you tell us what the heck happened? What made you get skinnier? Like what was that, that, that point where you ended up getting not very healthy? Yeah, in the beginning, I really didn't know what it was because um, when you have chronic pain come on so severely, it was mm -hmm. just kind of um, so sudden and at the same time, it felt like something internal was um, going going on, maybe like a kidney stone or mm -hmm. my liver. I, something, I felt like something internal was really oh. causing this chronic pain. And so mm -hmm. um, as I started getting chronic pain, because, you know, from nine years old until I was 21, which is when I started having the chronic pain, I basically, you know, sat in my wheelchair and then mm -hmm. consumed the medication for every secondary condition that I was having mm -hmm. from my spinal cord injury, which, right. I mean, I'm sure some people yeah. with me are familiar with that, like, your spinal cord injury is, like, this primary condition, mm -hmm. and your, you know, the, the secondary conditions, like the muscle atrophy and the, the bladder and the bowel, all those, you know, complications yeah. that we, we, that exist are the secondary conditions that are caused by that, mm -hmm. and so... Um, you know, just over time, what I found out is that there wasn't really one specific thing that was happening to my body, but rather it was my body's overutilization of the Western medicine in terms of medication. Yeah. Um, because with the chronic pain, they put me on Percocet, which was just another medication wow. to, mm. to calm down that chronic pain, but it obviously didn't work. And so um, what we found out is that we had just been for the longest time approaching my spinal cord injury um, by overutilizing the, the Western medicine um, um, options. And mm -hmm. so when you look at that, it's kind of like, well, what other options are there? Right. And so my, my sister, who's a yoga instructor and had been studying alternative and integrative therapy for several years, has suggested that we do that because I, um, as you just indicated, I got down to 59 pounds. Was, it, I, was that because you just weren't hungry or...? or? What? Well, well, yeah, because when I started taking the Percocet, while well, one worked a day, I eventually got up to four Percocets a day, so my stomach oh, was ab absolutely wrecked, so oh. I couldn't even eat, because if I ate, the stomach lining was kind of, like, eaten away, so the oh. food would, like, literally, like, burn my stomach, my oh. internal stomach, wow. so I became bed-bound, I wasn't eating, um, and that's when my sister got home and, uh, you know, saw mm -hmm. how emaciated I was, yeah. and called my mom and oh. we went into the, the emergency room and so oh I was gosh. admitted for an entire month. Wow. Over that entire month, um, I was being fed intravenously mm -hmm. or through um, yeah. IVs as well mm -hmm. as through a G-tube. They put in a G-tube. Wow. And um, I had to be there for a month until I was able to get up to a certain weight and try to figure out like where that chronic pain was and again, still not finding it oh. and re redefining like, okay, if if we're getting Chan into a stable position with um, feeding her um, through IVs and feeding her through a G2, what's going to happen when we get her stable again? Do we do we throw her out in the world and just make her sit in a wheelchair and consume medications? Because that's what, that's what made me in the hospital. So why why do this vicious cycle of her coming back? It's going gonna, it's gonna to make her come back. And so um, mm -hmm. when she, my sister per, uh, produced the idea of doing acupuncture and massage and chiropractic and mm -hmm. and those things just absolutely worked and absolutely changed my life. So right away did you notice a difference? Yeah, I went to my very first acupuncture. I went there, it was fifty dollars and mm -hmm. um, I went in there, I laid down needles put in certain spots. It was it was not the acupuncture that we all see on the the you know, the T V in terms of needles everywhere. So I was I didn't know what to expect. 
but mm-hmm. um, I was able to um, have the treatment, and the first time in three years, I wheeled out of the room, and I had zero pain, wow. and then I looked at my sister, and I called my mom, and I was like, I can't believe that for the amount of experts that I've had surrounding my condition in terms of my spinal cord injury and all of these, the, the chronic pain and all these other secondary conditions, that this preventative and this integrative way of using acupuncture, massage, and chiropractic wasn't shared with me until I had to be forced to potentially closely die to find wow. out another way of living. And and that was a really aha um, moment for me and um, kind of really sparked the, the work that I and other people within the Chain of Plan Foundation do um as of today that's so. so cool when did you did you so you first started with acupuncture and then your sister was doing yoga and so she started doing yoga with you one-on-one or did you did you feel like going to a class and or how did that evolve the yoga aspect the, the yoga aspect came a little bit later so it was the acupuncture the massage mm-hmm. that were the first two pieces cool, and cool. then um slowly the chiropractic was brought in as well as the adaptive yoga love it so um and and i don't know i I can introduce you to a good friend of mine matthew stanford oh oh i i i know matthew i'm we're very good i'm in his video actually if you watch his video i'm the blonde in it so yeah i've been i've been doing adaptive yoga for like seven years and i love it so we can talk about your adaptive yoga all day long girlfriend yeah yeah matthew stanford is amazing and i saw actually that um, you're doing the, uh, the, 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 the wounded warriors, uh, thing too, with um, adaptive yoga for veterans. Are you working on no, anything? We, no, we, we don't, you know, we, my sister's done a few, um, has done a few up in the mountains with wounded, wounded warriors okay. and having them do adaptive yoga. Okay. But the, but the Chain of Plan Foundation in particular has not done Okay, I think I, yoga I'm sorry. I think I was just reading that you're, you're, you're taking what Matthew Sanford used for Wounded Warriors and you're adapting some of his teachings and using them at, at your studio, right? Yeah, and, and we're not just taking his Wounded Warriors um, information. We're taking just, he, he has level one, level two, level three. And mm-hmm. so my sister has gone through all those levels. Um, oh, great. We, we use him as basically like um, kind of our criteria of, what consists of um, allowing people with yoga to be touching the bodies of those with long-term disability. So, for example, if we are going to fund um, any adaptive yoga for an individual, then that yoga instructor has to have had some sort of um, teaching through Matthew Sanford just because we believe so much in his principles and, you know, he's the one with the body with paralysis and the adaptive yoga. So mm-hmm. um, we, we lean to him for the expertise and then um, uh, allow the adaptive yoga to work on the individual and, and fund that if, if, they, if they've been able to um, learn through him. So the Chanda Plan, as when you founded it, what was your initial goal for the foundation? So our initial goals were um, really around policy and advocacy to create systemic change. Mm-hmm. So what that means, people are like, well, what the hell does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it, so what that means is looking at Medicaid, because Medicaid, um, for a significant amount of the folks with spinal cord injuries, they're on either some sort of Medicaid, Medicare, or Medicaid, or just Medicaid, or Medicare alone. And so we wanted to understand why Medicaid was not funding preventative 
therapies such as acupuncture, massage, and chiropractic to not only improve the quality of life with folks living with long-term disabilities and have to rely on Medicaid for the, the home health and all the additional services that mm-hmm. are needed, but, but keeping them healthy um, is very cost-effective in addition to quality of life. Mm-hmm. And so with that systemic change and idea, we were able to pass a bill in Colorado which now um, produce a, a spinal cord injury waiver. That's awesome. And basically it's a pilot program that is doing research on people with spinal cord injuries utilizing acupuncture massage and chiropractic for three years mm-hmm. that we have an independent evaluator that's looking at the cost effectiveness mm-hmm. of those individuals on the waiver as well as their quality of life. And oh, so okay. with that, we can, um, as an as a organization, we can change the system to say, oh, yes, this is cost-effective. It does improve quality of life, and therefore it should be a benefit. It should no longer be a pilot program research, but rather it should roll mm-hmm. in to become a benefit to expand mm-hmm. across additional um, demographic populations, meaning not just people with spinal cord injuries, and geographically not just in the Denver metro area, and mm-hmm. becoming a more sustainable way for people with long-term disabilities to maintain wellness versus just sitting in their wheelchairs and consuming medication mm-hmm. day after day. And so that's the that's our primary vision and goal and what we've done around um, the, the initial work of, of the foundation. When does the pilot program go, uh, end? Um, it's supposed to end in July of 2015. Okay. However, oh. however, we're going to expand it to another five years. Oh, you are. Yeah, with support with Colorado Medicaid just because um, working with government is never timely, and so yeah. um, while we've worked with them, we, we've not gotten enough data the first two years, and so therefore we only really have one year of data, and so we, it's not enough to say whether it's cost-effectiveness or improved quality of life. So we want to renew it with their support and a sponsor at the legislation, which is all set up to go um, in January of 2015, okay. um, that will then go all the way out to uh, 2020. So anyone in, who lives in the state of Colorado can be part of this or or um, that has a disability or is there, do they only allow so many people? Yeah, they only allow a certain amount of people. It's up to 67 okay. right now and it's in the Denver metro area which only includes five counties within that, that um, area okay. and is limited to people with spinal cord injury. So okay. again, okay. we had to keep it very narrow and focused so that way when it's narrow and focused within geographic and demographic, and then we can get really concrete results and then expand it beyond that. But yeah. we start throwing, throwing in a lot more uh, factors and variables. We probably won't end up with the best results, which then um, doesn't create uh, a change. It won't won't amount uh, to any sort of result. Well, it's a big deal that I think you guys even got that pilot program because that that must have been a lot of work to even get the the lot legislators there to agree to that, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the, the tricks that we had up our sleeve was that we did propose that if it was passed, it would be funded by gift grants and donations. Oh, awesome. The reason that we did that is because we knew that Medicaid was not going to say, oh, yes, we're going to take this on and fund it, and so therefore the Chain of Plan Foundation and a, a, a foundation that gave us $50,000, awesome. we were able to then give the state $81,000 for the administrative costs related to the pilot program. Wow. Yeah, so they're technically paying for the acupuncture, massage, and chiropractic, but we have to pay for the administrative costs. So we feel like it's a very good investment mm-hmm. because if we can pay for the administrative costs now and prove to them that it works, and then when it 
Medicaid, just like all other services and administrative costs. That's great. Um, part of Medicaid. All right. So if someone wants to be part of the pilot program, they have to live in Denver, though. Yeah. And, and our, our, you know, as we're doing as we're doing this with Colorado, mm-hmm. we are working with a um, advocacy coordinator out of D.C. that is working to do model legislation. So taking exactly what we did here in Colorado and mm-hmm. starting it up in five other states. Awesome. And I so that the idea is that you'll have all this great data showing that you've saved them money, oh, that, that you've made their health immensely better and they weren't as sick in the, in, in the years since they started these alternative therapies. And therefore, at the end of the day, they'll save money. That's the idea, basically, right? Yes. And expand it to other populations and have, l- it, have it a Medicaid benefit. It should, it should be an option. I agree. I was actually at my doctor's just about two weeks ago at the Courage Center, and they have all those great therapies there, but they have to pay for all of them out of pocket. And it's, it's like, great, but gosh, you know, I can't really afford the massage and the acupuncture. And, and I asked, does Medicaid pay for it? And the lady's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so we are looking at Minnesota to do, to do a model legislation in Minnesota, so having champions. Um, legislators on the ground at the Capitol as well as advocates in the state to say, yes, we want to take what you've done in Colorado and we want to um, wow. duplicate it here with with the support of the Chain of Plan Foundation in relationship to technical support, potential, potential funding for administrative costs in those other states. And so there's a lot of potential. It's just like getting the right people on board to do the advocate and you know the groundwork basically wow and 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 i know so and people do you actually have a brick and mortar location as well that people can visit in denver yes we, we do have a facility and so that's our other um portion of the chain of plan foundation yeah we, we just talked about systemic change but on the other side um, of our mission is that we have what's, what's called direct services and so um the two components of our direct services is that we do have a facility that offers acupuncture massage. So we just started doing adaptive yoga. Awesome. And then we have, um, we have which is a location-based service, but then we also have what's a provider-based service. So the provider-based service is when we contract with providers all over the state to mm. give um, the same services. So we have people in Chicago at Next Step Chicago. We have people in California at CORE that are getting funding to do that adaptive exercise component that most of us um, see from Project Walk that all these different places have a very different spin on how they do that adaptive um, exercise. Oh, so, so, if some, so if someone could actually um, fill out a form and request grant money from you if they have a spinal cord injury? Or? Yes, yes. So if they, have, if they don't just have to have a spinal cord injury, they can have um, spinal cord injury, MS, okay. MD, CP, spina bifida, wow. brain, uh, uh, brain injury. And so if anybody, mm-hmm. though, any of those individuals, um, one of the things that we've had to do is narrow it to that, those populations yeah. utilizing a wheelchair 100% of the time. Yeah, yeah. Really, which is a really difficult uh, situation for us, but we well. have to narrow it due to limited funding. But any of those individuals with any state within the U.S. can apply to us for um, to, to fund 
with their integrative therapies um, that that I just that I mentioned, and that we mm-hmm. contract. They even choose their provider, and we contract with that provider. Wow, directly. That is so cool, though. I, but you do have a yoga studio at your place, though. That is so people can come and do yoga, right, in a big class setting if they wanted to in the Denver area. Yes, yes, yes. There's there's several adapted yoga um, places here in Denver. I think that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we we brought Matthew out here a lot of times. Yeah, you know Liz, yeah. A, you know Liz Aslor, she's pretty great. I really like her. Yes, yes. So she does one, mm-hmm. um, and Crystal, my sister, does one, and um, there's there's lots of other folks that are they're doing it all over the state. Wow. So. Ooh. It's really exciting. Isn't this great? Who would have thought that, you know, taking four Percocet a day would have led to such an amazing thing? You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, say that again? Who would have thought taking four Percocet a day would have led to this, such an amazing foundation? You, want, you know what I mean? I know. The, the chain of events. I, I, I don't want to give the Percocet credit, but I, I totally agree. Uh, you know, it wouldn't so. have. It's just it's fascinating, you know, when you have a spinal cord injury, how... I mean, your life, my, everyone, you know, can relate if you have something acquired disability. But I just am so impressed that your foundation has done so much of this. So you must have a pretty large board of directors, huh? Yeah, right now we have um, eight members on our board, and um, we always strive from nine to twelve. We're in a period where um, we have three-year terms, and so some mm-hmm. folks are um, turning off the board, and we have some new fresh blood come on. So that's really awesome because everyone everyone knew that comes on bringing really amazing new um, energy and ideas to the to the plate and so oh. we're in, in recruitment mo- mode for a couple others and it's not as though we have to um, fight for those individuals we're actually to a point in our longevity and reputation in our community that a lot of people come to us seeking to be on our board which is really nice to see because um you know, five years ago, we couldn't we couldn't have said that. Right, I love that. And you're the are you the executive director? Yeah, I'm the executive director, and then um, we have a, another we have an executive assistant, um, Maggie Stevenson, that um, handles all of our programs. So anybody that's listening and wants to you know look into that provider based yes. service, yes, they can they can get a hold of Maggie, and um, that's all on our website. Awesome. Yeah, we'll put all the links and everything on the podcast page so they can visit um so i'm very so yoga you know you do you get out of your chair when you do yoga or do you ever do in chair yoga um we it's funny because matthew and a lot of us always debate about this because it's like i love okay yes i'll do wheelchair yoga but i love getting on the mat like it's my favorite thing and he's always he's always um you know kind of drills it into our heads that we need to also be open to that. I know. Um, we don't always have to be on the ground. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I always be on the ground. Uh, we, he always like, we don't always have volunteers, Tiffany. <laughs> I'm like, I know. <laughs> no, I, go ahead. I was going to say, you should tell me your favorite yoga pose. Oh, yes. My favorite is um, we take the two uh, yoga mat or the two yoga blankets. Yep. Rolling them up to where it feels like a bolster and mm-hmm. literally laying it uh, along the parallel to the spine. Yes. Where the sacral slightly tips off the end of the, the yoga blanket with the feet up in the chair. And you open up your chest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the, it's the best feeling <laughs> in the world. It's just like. It's the chest opener. And a lot of people in wheelchairs don't realize they need that you know 
they need well, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so much. I mean, for me, it's like, yeah, there's some, there's some physical components, some significant physical components to what, um, you know, the spine fluid and what, just how gravity is pulling us into a way that we normally don't, mm-hmm. our bodies don't pull us into. Because yep. as you know, you know this very well when we sit in our wheelchair, yeah. gravity's pulling our chest in. Yep. To have a moment of, of like, not any, um, you know, crunching of the spine. Because when we sit, like, I can just tell, I can see myself, like, my spine is a accordion um, going, know, going down. And so being in that position just feels, it, it just feels so light and so beautiful. And uh, I feel it in my body everywhere. And I uh, think that's so beautiful about Matthew's teaching and, and all of our teaching when it comes to mind-body connection, even with acupuncture, massage, and chiropractic, is that, it's not just about where we can feel and where we can move, but it's like it, it's connecting with those pieces of, of the body that we can no longer feel, which is so so critically important. I, yeah. That's what I love too. When I first took his yeah. class and when he when I first met him, how he was saying to me, you know, push down through your feet, Tiffany, push down through your feet. And I looked at him and I said, you know very well I can't move my feet. And he's like, I don't care. I want you to push down through your feet anyways. So I did. And, and I got to tell you, I felt something, th- the energy, it's still in my body still, and it was turned off, or at least I wasn't paying attention to it until I started doing adaptive yoga. And I think, I mean, you know this, it's so exciting to kind of reconnect with your paralyzed body part, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of emotion there. There's a lot of pieces that obviously a lot of us would have, um, you know, avoided because of the feelings and the emotions that it brought forth that we've maybe been hiding for a really long time but was was so critical to bring out versus just, you know, keep hiding it, with it with, which comes with anything in our lives. Oh, yeah. Like, we all think that if we avoid it, it's going to go away, and it's, it's just really important to know that actually avoiding never never works. It's, it's, you've got to listen to the body and listen to all sorts of things to really – so everybody out there, if you're listening, try yoga. So there was an, there was a, there was a, there was, a, there was a something another component that the Chanda Plan Foundation does on a yearly basis, and I it's like women to know or people to know, and 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 I know that you had Amy Mullins, she was part of a, a, an event one year, and can you kind of tell us about what that's all about? Yeah, so um, with the Chanda Plan Foundation, there's three ways that we raise money, which is special events individual donors, whether that's a monthly, a major, or one-time donor, Mm -hmm. um, and then we get grants. And so with a special event, people can know um, what you just referred to is our our largest um, special event in the sense that we, it's kind of like your major annual gala that that nonprofits have, but ours is um, a little bit unique in the sense that it's not a black tie, it's very much cocktail, but the, the thing that most people love is that we bring speakers um, to our events. That's mm. kind of the, the highlight of it. And it's usually people that um, have experienced some sort of challenge um, and then therefore they speak upon that challenge okay. and beyond what it's done within their past, current, and future um, life and how that outlook looks for them, but how it could potentially look for others, particularly maybe in the same situation or giving them mm-hmm. an idea about how looking at their lives um, if they don't experience that similar challenge, but something else, that they can they can look at challenges in a different way. And so um, we've had Amy Mullins that you just mentioned. We've had um, Aaron Ralston, who uh, the, the movie 120 
seven hours where he um, cool. was uh, arm was stuck between a rock. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That's great. I think yeah, Matthew's been a speaker. Matthew's yeah. Oh, um, yeah, we have a lot of the a lot of great. That's there. great. I'm so glad that your foundation is 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 going so well and it's strong. I mean, you you know, I think a lot of foundations people form them and they don't really you know. But what do you think the secret was to the Chanda Plan's success? Um, I think I think number Yeah, it's, it's kind of the catch-22 there. It's like I can't go buy a cheap $200 bicycle. I have to spend 1500 on a hand bike. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people with disabilities have a hard time getting employed. So it just none of it makes any kind of sense whatsoever. It, it's very, very frustrating. So I know. But I'm so so excited. I was able to to gosh get to know you. I guess I could say learn more about what you guys are doing down there. I've met several people that have been down at, through Mind Body Solutions, and they they just always say great things about you and about the foundation. And I really hope to one day come down there and meet you in person. So we would we would welcome that Tiffany. We would. We would hope that you would come here if you're love it. And, and I, or if I'm if we're in Minnesota, we'll I'll come see you. Yes, and I know. And you're since you're in Denver too. I quick question: You must do a lot of work with uh, uh, Craig Hospital, then, or? Yes, we do. We we um, Craig Hospital um, has the Peak Center at Craig Hospital, which is very similar yep. to um, those adaptive 
yoga um, kind of places that are popping up all over our nation right yeah. now. And um, so we fund individuals to go there because, again, the Peak Center um, was created, but there, it's a fee-for-service. So anybody that wants to obtain those services has to pay out of pocket. And, again, back to what we just said, um, there's many of those that don't have the funding. Mm-hmm. So, that, so that's where um, we as an organization will come in and take applications and consider funding some treatment for them at the Peak Center. And oh, so there's cool. a lot of other collaborations with oh. are a huge... All I know is that there's a lot of great things happening down in Denver if you have a disability. I I, I kind of wish I lived down there. But awesome. So thank you again. Have a lovely evening. And, you know, I will be keeping my eyes on what you guys are doing in the future. And I really hope that initiative at one day comes to pass and it's actually law. So we'll see. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.